0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
2: This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I'm Amber Wilson. He is Chris Canty. We are filling in today for Mike Greenberg. We have a ton to get to on today's show. Maybe Luca, air quotes alone is in fact enough. We're going to get a game seven in Phoenix. The NFL schedules were released yesterday. Chris and I will give you our biggest takeaways. And we haven't forgotten about a couple game sixes again tonight. But first. Here we go
1: only one place to start Butler puts it on the deck another floater from 16 short and he chased down the loose ball miami just bringing more effort than philadelphia the last couple of games and butler drains a three with five minutes to go jimmy butler 30 points in what looks like a second round clincher for the miami heat
2: more effort indeed from the miami heat it wasn't even close Miami ended Philadelphia's postseason with a 99-90 win. They send the 76ers crashing out of the second round for the fourth time in five seasons. It is time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And Chris Canty, in part because James Harden was a total no-show.
1: No question about it. I mean, I don't understand how James Harden can actually go out there and only shoot two shots in the second half of that game and come up with zero points. That's not why they traded for him in the middle of the season. They traded for James Harden so he could be the closer, so he could be the guy that we saw at the end of game four, where in the fourth quarter he dropped 16 points on his way to a 31-point performance. So that's certainly not the guy that we saw yesterday, and that's got to be a massive disappointment for Daryl Morey, Doc Rivers, and the entire Sixers organization and that opens up the question now, Amber, about what they do this summer with James Harden, who has a $47 million player option, but that also could be eligible if he opts out for a five-year extension at uh, $200 plus million plus So I don't know how you give a player like James Harden, based on what we've seen since he arrived in Philly, that kind of money, but there's going to be some tough decisions that the Sixers organization has to make in terms of personnel and trying to chart a path forward.
2: Harden better opt-in at this point because I don't know what the market is going to look like for James Harden and not that he's still not a, a considered a great player but when we're talking about Max player, we're talking about that kind of money it appears obvious that there is an edge missing from Harden's game and the effort missing from Harden's game it was unbelievable to see him not show up last night Chris in Philadelphia's biggest game of the season and he just wasn't even there I mean he was a factor for what a game in this series again against the Miami Heat, mm-hmm. and that's not what you traded away. Uh, yes, role players and picks and Ben Simmons, who wasn't playing, but either way, you did trade away a former number one pick to bring in James Harden, and when they did that, people were talking about you know Embiid and Harden like they were going to be the next Shaq and Kobe, and then here we are, them bounced again in the second round of these playoffs.
1: No doubt about it, Amber, and what makes last night even worse for Sixers fans is that you had the juxtaposition of what Jimmy Butler did, not just the 32 points but the 14 that he dropped in the third quarter, and that ended up being a key point of difference because you're talking about in the second half, the Miami Heat outscoring the Philadelphia 76ers 50-42. to 42. And so I think when you have a guy like Jimmy Butler that sets the tone in that stretch of the game like he did, it just creates more opportunities for other guys to be able to get involved. Max Struz had an awesome night again last night, and, and, and that's just a part of the problem for – the Philadelphia 76ers. Outside of Joel Embiid, you didn't have enough guys stepping up and being able to make plays. Now, what also hurt them was Danny Green exiting the game early on. I think with a little over three minutes to go into the game, you're talking about Joel Embiid barreling into his knee and Danny Green suffering a significant leg injury. So I thought that hurt the Philadelphia 76ers because when you replace him with Matisse Thibel, that's a net negative. Thybul can't even knock down open shots from the corner. I, I just... I don't know that there's enough around Joel Embiid for the Sixers to be a true title contender, even with James Harden on that team. And that's a sad state of affairs if you're Philly. That's not what you envisioned when you made that trade back in the trade deadline.
2: Yeah, a big loss in green. And Joel Embiid was bound to hurt somebody because... Goodness knows I saw a tweet that his uh, times hitting the floor per 100 possessions was historic last night, and it seemed that, but it was obvious that Embiid was not right, and we know about the orbital bone, and we know about the hand injury during this season, and so he was not right last night. He gets a pass last night. He gets a pass since he was injured in this series. I mean, the fact that he was even out there trying to give any of himself for this team shows what a competitor and a great competitor Joel Embiid is. James Harden seemingly didn't have anything wrong with him I mean sure maybe we're still going to hear about the hammy that we've been hearing about for the last five years and frankly I'm a little tired of hearing about that at this point it seems like excuses for James Harden because it seemed like effort it didn't seem like physical incapability James Harden the Sixers guard of course he spoke after the loss after the season ended for his Philadelphia Sixers he reflected on this short time that frankly a very disappointing time so far in his career in Philadelphia
0: Man, it's, uh, it's for me personally, it's been a long year. Um, but since I've been here, it's been great. You know I mean? We just, we try to build something so fast. We try to build a championship contender team so fast, uh, which I still think we are. We just, you know, missing a few pieces. But uh, other than that, man, we just try to, we try to go for it right away. And uh, we just came up a little short. It doesn't stop. We still got to put work in and continue to keep going.
2: I don't think uh, Philly fans, Chris, would think that it's been a great time. No, the Philly fans were falling out of the game early in the fourth quarter when the
1: Miami Heat had a 20-point lead. It was absolutely ridiculous. So to sit here and say that we tried to go for it, you didn't try to go for it. And you know how I know that? All you have to do is look at the effort. You look at the lack of aggression from James Harden. That's so disappointing for a guy that you want to be in that closer's role. We can't put that responsibility on Joel Embiid. He's a center. You can't put that responsibility on Tyrese Maxey. He's a second-year player. James Harden has to be that guy, and quite frankly, Amber, he just wasn't. Now, you do have another guy in Tobias Harris who you paid $180 million, and he's, you know, outside of the first couple of games, he was a no-show when Joel Embiid got back, and so you would want more from there. But ultimately, I think this comes down to not giving the requisite effort that it takes to be able to beat a team that plays hard for all 48 minutes, and that's exactly what we saw in the second half. Some awful turnovers by James Harden. If you look at the Sixers on the whole, allowed 22 points last night. off of turnovers. Also got outscored By 14 points in the paint by the Miami Heat, who are a smaller team when you look at their front line. So disappointing all the way around when you have your head coach in Doc Rivers asking the guys to fight for this in an elimination game at home in the Eastern Conference semifinals. That just lets you know the mindset of the Philadelphia 76ers. And it's not one that's reflective of a championship contender.
2: Yeah, it was very reminiscent of Doc screaming at the Clippers uh, some years ago uh, to fight for it as well. We've seen that from Doc. And we will get to the future of Doc Rivers in Philadelphia. But it's funny you mentioned Tobias Harris. Jimmy Butler walked off the court last night saying, uh, they chose Harris over me, pouring salt <laughs> in the wounds of the Philadelphia 76ers fan because, of course, they, had, they could have had Jimmy Butler and all that effort out there. He was on their team uh, for that 2018-19 season. And then, in part, they didn't retain him because they did, in fact, pay Harris. And now this is where we're at with the Philadelphia 76ers. They are going to be on their couch watching the Eastern Conference Finals while the Miami Heat are going to be playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. Here's Joel Embiid, uh, the Sixers' center, after the game and his post-game and postseason presser is what it became on James Harden.
0: I'm sure, you know, since uh, we got him, everybody expected uh, the Houston James Harden um, but that's not who he is anymore. Uh, he's more of a playmaker. Uh, I thought, you know, yeah, at times, you know, could have been us, uh, all of us uh, could have been more aggressive. Uh, all of us.
2: That was Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Chris, that was a hard call out where he's, I mean, we all expected Houston James Harden, and he's not that anymore.
1: Yeah, translation, he's not that dude. He's not the guy that we thought we were getting, and that's really an indictment on James Harden and how he's approached this you know, first go-round with the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, there, you know, he did speak about potentially opting into that $47 million option that he has this summer. I think that's probably the more palatable path forward for both the Sixers and Harden. But there's no way that you can give a guy like that 200 plus million dollars, and and I think Joel Embiid is also, you know, coming to grips with the reality that they're going to have to put more around him in order to compete at the highest levels in order to get to an NBA Finals. It can't just be James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, and Harden and and, uh, and Embiid and running it back. This this current cast of characters isn't good enough in order to compete with the likes of the Milwaukee Bucks or the Miami Heat or the Boston Celtics. And so I think that's Joel Embiid acknowledging, okay, James Harden isn't what we thought he was, and so now we've got to make some some moves this summer in order to bring on some more talent so we can try to get past the Eastern Conference semifinals. It's crazy to think, Amber, that the Philadelphia 76ers have had only one conference finals appearance since Dr. J last played for them. Incredible. But that's, but that's the state of this franchise right now. That's that where is, they're is- at.
2: That is where they're at. And I often say, Chris, me and Joel and B, we have a ton in common, right? Our greatness being, of course, one of those things. And then also that we both fell for it with James Harden because I, like Joel, apparently thought that at the end of Harden's tenure in Houston, that he just wanted out. And that's why he had seemed to kind of start losing his step. And then in Brooklyn, he just wanted out and, and the mess with Kyrie and everything else that happened there. And that's why he seemed like he lost a step. And now at this point, it's obvious he has just lost a step and he is, and in fact, not that same dude. Dude as he once was even though he's only 32 years old greenie is presented by progressive insurance progressive insurance makes bundling home and auto easy learn more at progressive.com coming up what is doc rivers future with the philadelphia 76ers that's next it's greenie on espn radio
1: greenie the podcast
4: Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y.
2: So the Philadelphia 76ers may be looking for a new candidate at head coach, Uh, If, in fact, they depart from Doc Rivers at the helm there, Chris Canty, and a lot of people think that that's the direction. And listen, Doc has the resume, but he he doesn't have the success in Philly.
1: No question about it. And that's what everybody's waiting on, Amber. It's when is Doc Rivers going to get this team over the hump? Now, I get it. They came into the season with a lot of drama behind the Ben Simmons situation, not knowing whether or not he was going to be a part of what they were trying to build moving forward. But you moved on from that distraction at the trade deadline back in February, and so now it's ultimately about trying to make it work with this group of guys, and I think the obvious answer is that it can't. And it's scary to think that Doc Rivers had the admission in the post-game press conference that they're just not as good a team as the Miami Heat. Now, either that's an indictment on Daryl Morey and the job that he's done assembling this roster, or that's on Doc Rivers in terms of not having his guys coached up and ready to play with the requisite intensity level and giving the appropriate effort for a playoff series, especially in the Eastern Conference semis. So I, I, I have a hard time trying to find a world where bringing back Doc Rivers ends up being the right decision for this organization, not saying that he's the genesis of all the problems that the Sixers are dealing with, but I don't think that he's the answer or I don't think he's the solution in terms of being able to get them to where they want to go, especially when you look at the landscape of the Eastern Conference title contenders and the coaches that are on those particular sidelines. Coach Bud in Milwaukee, M.A. Adoka with the Boston Celtics, Eric Spoelstra with the Miami Heat, Nick Nurse with the Toronto Raptors. I mean, you tell me the coach that Doc Rivers is better than out of that group.
2: Well, I mean, calm down on Odoku. It's it's been a season, but a good one so far uh, in in his uh, rookie head coaching their debut in Boston. But yeah, compared to those other guys, you can't have that conversation about this version of Doc Rivers. And I do think that when we were headed into this season, we were having a conversation about this being a make it or break it season for Doc Rivers at the helm. That was before they traded for James Harden. And yes, it doesn't look like maybe that was a great trade to make. But at the same time, they have tried, right? They have tried to bring in personal. Personnel. they have tried to make the changes from that perspective, and it seems like no matter what they do whether it 's paying tobias Harris or or whether it 's drafting Ben Simmons with that number one pick trusting the process uh, bringing in Joel and b, which obviously was uh, very fruitful in terms of drafting, but a lot of these picks haven't necessarily been. And I know that was before Maury, but the 76ers have tried over the years, the process, the process, the process, the process. And the truth is that the process just continues. And at some point, like the process hasn't panned out and we've got to stop relying on the process to work. And so it costs people their jobs. It's not going to cost Maury his job right now. And we know about his connection to James Harden. And I think that that complicates this factor. But a lot of the time, Fair or not, it ends up falling on the head coach because you do expect the head coach to create some sort of miracle, even if he isn't given the right pieces in order to do it. And I think that's sort of the situation we found Doc in.
1: No question. And, and so I think this could be a situation where they make Doc the face of the failure of this past season. And then you're talking about trying to move it forward and Daryl Morey being able to pick the head coach that he thinks can get this team to where they want to go. So Um, ultimately, this is going to be a tough sell on ownership if you decide that you want to try to run it back with Doc Rivers because everybody in the Philadelphia fan base is calling for them to fire Doc Rivers. People want Jay Wright, the former Villanova head basketball coach, to be the next head coach of the Sixers. We know that Sixers ownership has an affinity for Jay Wright, so we'll see where that goes. But ultimately, I I don't know that Doc Rivers survives the collapse that we saw from the Sixers in Game 6.
2: Well, if we're hearing those rumors about the Jay Wrights and the Mike D'Antonis of the world, certainly Doc is hearing those rumors as well, right? So Doc Rivers, the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, was asked after the game last night about his job security in Philly. I
1: don't worry about my job, Howard. I think I do a, a terrific job, and if you don't, then you should write it because I worked my butt off to get this team here. When I first got here, no one picked us to be anywhere. Uh, And again this year, the same thing. So if that's how anyone feels, write it, and I'm going to feel secure about it.
2: I mean, nobody picked them to be where? In the second round of the playoffs? Is that like in the semifinals of the Eastern Conference? Like, nobody picked them to be there? You have Joel Embiid. You have the dude who is a runner-up for MVP on your roster. The, last two, anybody- the last two the last years, two years. The last two years, Amber. The last two years. I mean, it, the, you just lost to a team in the Miami Heat where we can have a conversation in a moment about whether Jimmy Butler is a superstar, but we know none of those guys on the Heat are considered like Joel Embiid has been considered the last couple years, and then they just whoop you last night so why would the expectation even just Joel? i'm not even talking about the drama with ben simmons or later with james harden even with just Joel on your roster and tobias harris and maxi why wouldn't you have uh, been in the second round of the playoffs getting bounced
1: i mean with with the talent that they have on that team and with the payroll that ownership is shelling out getting to the second round is table stakes for the sixers right they've been in the second round for the last five seasons and doc rivers has only been the head coach for the past two So it's not like this is new territory for him, but the thought was because Doc Rivers has a championship on his resume that he's going to be able to take this team to another level and he's going to be able to take Joel Embiid to another level. Now, we've seen that from a production standpoint with Embiid. We just haven't seen that with the cast of players around him. Now, where I will give Doc credit is this. Tyrese Maxey looks like he's an emerging star, and you're talking about a guy in his second, second year. So it feels like they do have two cornerstone guys that they can build around But when you throw James Harden into that equation, Amber, I'm just not quite sure that that's going to be enough to get the Sixers to where they want to go. So, again, it comes down to making some really interesting roster decisions, and a lot of it has to do with how you manage James Harden moving forward.
2: Very few people saw the development of Maxi coming in the way that it came. And Doc doesn't get enough credit for that. You are right. That's an excellent point by you. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as the Bucks host the Celtics, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. I did hear the guys this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max talking about the future of Doc. And they were theorizing whether James Harden has anything to do with this. Because we've been hearing the rumors for a long time about how Harden wants Dan and is Joel Embiid that dude who's, who's a big enough personality where he stands up and he says, you know what, it's not about what Harden wants at the helm, Chris. It's about what I want at the helm. I am the face of this organization. Is it dangerous to you at all? Like if they end up getting her to Doc Rivers and hiring Mike D'Antoni, does that signal danger to you about who's the real alpha dog inside that locker room? Because it should not be James Harden.
1: I, I don't want to get into that hypothetical, Amber, because I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think there's any world in which Daryl Moore can convince himself that hiring Mike D'Antoni is the way to go. Show me the Mike D'Antoni offense that featured a big man. I mean, it, it has to be the next head coach, if they do move off a dock, has to be somebody that is going to get the most out of what Joel Embiid brings to the table. And it should not be a James Harden decision. And I think that Embiid hinted toward that with his comments last night. He said it. This is not the same James Harden that was in Houston. Well, if it ain't the same James Harden that was in Houston, then why should James Harden have any sway, any say, in who the next head coach is going to be if you move off a doc? I just don't see a world in which that happens. And so I think if they do fire Doc Rivers, it has to be about getting somebody in there that Joel Embiid wants to work with, somebody that he feels can take this team to the next level because that is the foundation of everything you're going to build toward for the foreseeable future. It has to be a Joel Embiid decision, not a James Harden decision. Not a James Harden decision, and Daryl Morey has to understand that even though he has a really close relationship with James.
2: I haven't heard anybody do it today but I was a little fearful that we were going to have to have the conversation of James Harden didn't show up because he wants to control who's going to be at the helm for that team right like he like he you know he doesn't want Doc Rivers as the head coach so that's why he's not being the best version of himself because we have that conversation every stop now with James Harden it has been years we have been having that conversation with James Harden Chris and I did wonder if that conversation was going to come up once again well this is now James Harden's latest excuse is that he didn't want that guy as head coach he wants somebody else and so that's why he wasn't giving you max effort
1: no way amber that, that's not it it's not that james harden wasn't trying it's the fact that he's trying and he's not the same player james harden can't blow by guys in one-on-one and the way that i know that amber is if you just watch the game look at how guys defend james harden now as opposed to how they defended him you know years ago when he was in houston James Harden will throw a jab step out there. Defenders won't react to it. Guys close up on him a lot tighter. There's a lot less room for him to create separation on his step back when he's shooting threes. And he can't get by guys, get into the paint, and finish at the rim. He's not that same player. Defenses are okay with covering James Harden one-on-one. Guys don't hedge away from their their responsibilities defensively in order to give help to James Harden. He's just not that guy. And so if you can't have James Harden – dictating to the defense, manipulating the defense to create shot opportunities for himself and for others, what's the true value in James Harden? If he can't be the guy to close out games like we saw in Game 4, if he can't do that consistently, then what's the real value of James Harden? It's certainly not going to be $47 million, which is what his player option is, and it's certainly not going to be the amount of money on an average annual value on a contract extension. So I just... I don't want to sound too down on James Harden, but I think we have to all get to a place where we recognize that our expectations for James Harden have to change because he is just not capable of doing what we saw him do in Houston, now in Philadelphia at this stage in his career.
2: I agree with you. He's not the same player physically. It's just strange, though, to see him not even try to take the shots. I mean, I could try to take more shots in an NBA game than he was trying to. I wouldn't make any of them, but I could try. right? Like, I mean, that man wasn't even out there trying to attempt shots last night. But we are spending so much time on the Philadelphia 76ers. And I got to give some love to my Miami Heat uh, because Heat fans are going to be coming at me. They're going to be upset that I'm not representing because they feel underrepresented nationally because the The focus is always on those guys and those guys just lost the heat. They were in the zone last night in the zone is brought to you by auto zone. Get in the zone auto zone. Jimmy Butler has been in the zone all playoffs so far. He's averaging almost 29 points per game in these playoffs. He has actually played better. You could argue than any other player in these playoffs Butler's plus minus 11.8 is the highest of anyone in these playoffs, anyone, except for, and this is pretty remarkable, his own wingman in Max Struess, which is pretty remarkable that Max Struess's plus minus is Mm -hmm. 11.9 in these playoffs. Is Jimmy Butler a superstar at this point, Chris Canty?
1: Uh, He's at the Door Club, superstar. I don't know if he's getting in just yet, and he's certainly not a VIP table, but I tell you what, if Jimmy Butler has this team in position to compete in the NBA Finals, if he can get them out of the Eastern Conference, then I think we've got to turn up the volume on that conversation of him being a superstar because he embodies everything that Pat Riley is looking for from his players on the Miami Heat. He's tough, hard-nosed. He he doesn't back down from a challenge. He steps up in the biggest moments. He's not afraid of big shots, uh, and he takes it personal. And the Heat have that chip on their shoulder, and Jimmy Butler is the guy leading that charge. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, this team has always exceeded the expectations that people put on them because even though they don't have the top-tier talent, Amber, they always find themselves in the championship rounds. We're talking about a team a couple of years ago that was in the NBA Finals. And why did they go on that run? Because Jimmy Butler was absolutely fantastic. You look at this series outside of Game 1 where he went 5-16 from the field, Jimmy Butler's has averaged 30 points a game on, what, uh, 50, 54% shooting? So that, that's the kind of player that Jimmy Butler is, and you saw it again last night in the second half, that 14-point third quarter, knocking down some big shots in the fourth quarter to extend the lead. He, he's, he's just one of those guys that he's never going to get the credit that he quite deserves, but I think the results and the consistency that we've seen from the Miami Heat over the past three or four years, that speaks for itself.
2: Now, Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid, it's always been a love fest between those two. You know, they got to play together for one season. It wasn't long enough uh, in either of those and their eyes. They are very good friends. Uh, Jimmy Butler, after the game, he had comments about Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers.
0: That I love him. Um, I'm proud of him. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. I still wish I was on his team. I definitely love the Miami Heat, though, man. I'm glad that I'm here, but I got so much respect and love for Joel Embiid.
2: So a lot of people made a big deal about that after the game because he said I still wish I was on this team and I, I the way I took that now given like I'm a heat fan so I'm maybe not being completely objective but it's well known that Jimmy Butler was very angry at Philadelphia and them ending up paying to buy his Harris and the way they handled the situation which is wild by the way
1: which that's wild it's wild to that think. is wild. <laughs>
2: wild to think and so he's got the animosity there so my takeaway from that was I wish I was still playing alongside one of my best friends in Joel and could help this team out because it would have been very different. But I ended up in a better spot anyways in Miami. But that wasn't totally my choice.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I've got Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, I feel confident that that team is going to get at least to the Eastern Conference Finals. And you could be talking about them making a bid to get to the NBA Finals. That's how much of a difference Jimmy Butler can make for them. He's, he's a better shot maker than most of the guys that they have on the court for the Sixers. And let's also acknowledge this, Amber, A part of the Sixers' Achilles heel, they don't have enough perimeter shooting. So Jimmy Butler, although he's not a prolific three-point shooter, he could certainly help out in that regard, and he has this knack for being able to knock down the big shots. So, yeah, I think this team would look a lot differently if Jimmy Butler was still on it, but that's a hypothetical we'll never be able to prove. But the point being, we're talking about the Miami Heat advancing to the conference finals again, and Eric Spolscher breaking a tie with Steve Kerr for the most conference finals appearances since 2008 so that's something to be celebrated if you're a part of that Miami Heat organization and the future for that team is bright because you have guys like Jimmy Butler Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero that that have the characteristics that embody everything that Pat Riley is looking for
2: Joel Embiid he also spoke after the game last night about his friend Jimmy Butler
1: man I, I wouldn't I won't
0: see here and say I wish uh, I didn't wish he was my teammate. Uh, I man, uh, still don't know how we let him go, uh, but, you know, I wish I could have gone to battle with him uh, still, but it is what it is. Um, you know, just got to, you know, keep building and, uh, you know, keep trying to wish that goal.
2: The job search can be a long, frustrating journey. That's why ZipRecruiter's AI does so much of the work for you. They send you jobs you can apply to with one click, and they pitch your profile to employers. Sign up for free at ZipRecruiter.com. I cut you off, Chris.
1: No, just one more thing when it comes to Jimmy Butler. Amber, I go back to the post-game interview that he did after their win in Miami game five, and he says, it's important for us to lock in on defense. Let's not care about the shot selection. He used more colorful language in being descriptive about it, but... He was like, it's not about our shot selection on the offensive side. It's about locking down on defense. If we do that, we're going to win a lot of games. And then his team came out and did that. That type of vocal leadership is what's missing for the Philadelphia 76ers. And it's apparent that they got, those guys don't respond to Doc Rivers. Twice in this series, we've seen Doc begging his team, fight for this, give more effort. You shouldn't have to coach those types of things, Amber, when we're talking about the playoffs in any sport. But, I mean, your, your presence in the postseason should be enough to be motivated in order to go out there and put your best foot forward and give the requisite effort. And we just haven't seen that from the Sixers. And so I think that's one of the things that Joel Embiid is recognizing. We don't have that on this team, and we certainly could use that in order to get our talent to realize our full potential.
2: Showing up giving effort should not be something that a coach is telling professionals to do in an elimination game that could potentially end your seat. particularly when you used to be a top 10 player at one point in the NBA. When I'm referring there, of course, to James Harden.
3: Greeny, the podcast
5: We know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
2: Amber Wilson and Chris Canty filling in for Mike Greenberg on Greeny. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. And now a no-frills ad brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Here it is. You could say big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. That's it. See? Just a good old-fashioned, straightforward ad. See if you could save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or at Progressive.com. I said we would get to your phone calls. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. We have been talking a lot so far about the 76ers season being over at the hands of my Miami Heat as the Heat advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. David is in Minnesota. David, what are your thoughts on the Sixers?
3: Hi, thanks for taking my call. I think the Seventy Sixers are a dysfunctional franchise. I mean, when you look at the problems that they're having with Harden, same thing they problem similar to the problem they had with with Ben Simmons. The uh, the trades they have made. I think it goes, it goes beyond players and coaches. I think you know Daryl Morey. I don't know why he he shouldn't be held responsible for the dysfunction that you see. And also, too, Joel Embiid, even though he, everything he said about Harden and everything he's ever said about anyone has been the truth, but you can't have the leader of your team taking shots at other players during press conferences because that creates a really bad uh, locker room environment. I think that he needs to mature a little bit if he's going to be the leader of the team and they're going to be a champion.
1: Well, here's what I'll say to that. I don't have a problem with M B talking about James Harden and talking about any of his other teammates in a post-game press conference because it feels like the Sixers could use a little bit more accountability. And when you look at what Joel Embiid put his body through in this series, you know, dealing with uh, orbital bone fracture, coming off of a concussion from that Toronto Raptors series, the ligament in his thumb that's going to need surgery this offseason, all of the different injuries that Embiid dealt with throughout the course of this series, there's no question that this guy wants to win. I don't see that same desire from his teammates. I don't see that same aggressiveness, the same effort level. And I don't have a problem with the best player on the team calling his guys out, Amber.
2: I I understand what that caller is saying. I do think we have a tendency to kind of lump everything about the 76ers together. Like, Daryl Morey hasn't been there particularly long, right? So it can't be all on his shoulders. I mean, when did he get that gig? In 2020? Two years ago. So, right, exactly. So, I mean, it it certainly, we cannot uh, blame him for everything that's happened with the Philadelphia 76ers. But we have a tendency because I think also how public the process was and all the Mm -hmm. years that the 76ers fan had to deal with that, it did result in Joel Embiid. I mean, you can't take that away from the organization, I guess, as a whole. I mean, they did get one of the very best players in the NBA. And obviously, we know what happened there with Ben Simmons, but that era has ended. Bringing in James Harden, like that does fall on the shoulders of Maury. And we can have a conversation about that and how that's going to end up. Of working out. Certainly, it did not work out this season. Some of this is going to come down to whether they pay Harden or not. I think that's going to be a key component moving forward. I think the Harden-Morry story, frankly is still a bit unwritten, Chris, for us to really fully evaluate. It did not amount in even Eastern Conference Finals appearance this season bringing in James Harden. But also, I guess in fairness, maintaining Ben Simmons on your team wouldn't have done that either.
1: No, you're right about that. And it's the best of two bad choices if you're Daryl Morey. It's either use you know, keep Ben Simmons on the team, which is – I mean, at, at this point, because he's not playing games, you'd have to say a net negative because of the distraction that it brings. But – It's either do that or you trade for James Harden, a diminishing player, but somebody that can still help Joel Embiid on the court. And what you're ultimately trying to do, Amber, is take advantage of the prime years of Joel Embiid. We're talking about a player that has a significant injury history early on. You have to wonder, at this usage rate, with him being as dominant as he is on both ends of the court, how long does Joel Embiid have at being this caliber of player? So you want to try to capitalize on it while you have that window, and I think Daryl Morey trading for James Harden was an effort to do that. Now, I think Daryl Morey has a tough decision to make, and it's interesting, Amber, because I was talking with Big Perk, Kendrick Perkins, before I came into the studio this morning, and he said it's not off the table that even if Harden opts in this offseason – that the Sixers consider trading him. And Whoa. so I think, I, think, I think that's also something that has to be discussed with Sixers' ownership, and it certainly doesn't feel like something that Daryl Morey would want to do because of how close he and Harden are, but you have to look at the reality of the situation, and I think Embiid was acknowledging that in the post-game press conference. So I think there's more to watch as it pertains to how the 76ers navigate this Harden situation this summer – also, figure it out who's going to be the head coach for the Sixers moving forward.
2: TJ is in Florida. I want to get to him real quick. TJ, you got about thirty seconds.
5: Hey, how you guys doing, man? Uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, uh, I just want to say real quick, I love Eric Spoelstra. He's awesome. He's the best coach in the NBA. Uh, James Harden, uh,
3: he's he's not worth the money that they're going to pay him. I mean, he's not worth the money. He's just not worth it. He he's, his defense is garbage. You don't have that first step he used to have, and goodbye. That guy talking about him in the in the press conference, he's the guy. Put the guys around him, but forget about that. Jimmy Butler and the Heat. I'm going for him, man. I think they could do it. I'd love to see them win a the championship with Eric, and with now there's nobody on that team that's a super superstar, but Jimmy Butler, he's the man.
2: He is the man, TJ. Thanks for your call, TJ. We're up against it, so so I have to cut you off a bit. But, yes – Jimmy Butler is definitely the man. I mean, I think I would put Jimmy Butler in the superstar conversation, but frankly, as a Heat fan, Chris, I kind of like this idea that they've got no but no big stars on that team. It almost makes it more endearing.
1: No, and you have, what, six or seven undrafted players? Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. this is a team after Pat Riley's own heart. They're very workmanlike, blue-collar, how they go about their business, and they keep finding themselves in the championship rounds of the playoffs. So that's what it's all about. And I'll tell you this, Amber, if – the Miami Heat are able to get past whoever they face, whether it's Boston or Milwaukee in the conference finals and get to the NBA finals, then then Jimmy Butler is a superstar in the NBA. There's no question about it.
2: Well, we will continue to unpack this matchup coming up. Plus, we'll get into NFL schedules. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio.
1: Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get
5: your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.